Swag after him, boss. Is that is that Bowtie Paisley? And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style. We talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, and again, thank you for joining us on for another episode. You could have been anywhere, but you're here with me, so I appreciate it. I want to ask a question: What do you watch on Netflix? And I say Netflix specifically because right now I currently subscribe to Hulu Netflix and Disney Plus and then there are the free services that I utilize Tubi and I think I have Popcorn TV app I'm not sure but definitely uh, the Tubi TV app is one that I have utilized often recently I actually watched it to watch the Deep Space Nine Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary What We Left Behind If you are a Star Trek fan and if you are a Deep Space Nine fan, I highly, highly recommend you watching that documentary. One of the coolest aspects of that documentary is that you get the writers of the show and they're in this room and they brainstorm the opening episode of a imaginary season eight. And if you were anything like me, once you heard that, you were literally sitting in front of your television salivating for the prospect of a Deep Space Nine continuation 20 plus years after the season finale. But that's a whole nother podcast. I ask, what do you watch? Because I find that when I go into Netflix, I could care less about a lot of the newer content. Not that I'm not interested, but with especially during the quarantine for some reason I'm I've watched especially as the quarantine has gone on longer and COVID has gone on longer I've watched less and less Netflix and Hulu by extension and Tubi and more and more YouTube but that's again a whole nother podcast but on Netflix I tend to gravitate and be excited about things I've seen already movies particularly movies and so much television shows now but movies that I have a special love for in my heart that have some sort of meaning to me at some point in my life for instance uh, about a month or two ago maybe a little bit longer by the time this is uh, in July that I'm recording it so this may be sometime early April Netflix uploaded all of the Police Academy movies to the service and I had a dubbed copy of Police Academy 1 as a kid and I wore the heck out of that tape mind you it was an R-rated movie I have no idea what my parents particularly my mom let me watch at that age but I saw a whole lot of things I shouldn't have uh, when it comes to R-rated movies but I digress I had not watched the original Police Academy man over a decade so I started watching it and the Police Academy is a wonderful example of a... X has probably been more than a decade now I think about it. Example of a movie you see as a child that you find funny and humorous. But there's so many jokes and references that you don't understand. That when you see it as an adult, it is like a brand new experience. And that is exactly what Police Academy was watching it at this point in my life it was a brand new experience i knew everything that happened i knew all the dialogue that is exactly how much i watched it growing up 
But all of those jokes, all of those cultural references that I did not get as a child, I got as an adult. So I understood a lot more of the humor, but also I understood a lot more of the, the commentary as, as, as subtle as it was, commentary on race and attitudes. And this is, I watched this before everything popped off with George Floyd and the protests. So it would have been even more of a, a revelation of how far we haven't come. Uh, considering that movie is what 1984 if I remember correctly when it was first released and you still had those sort of attitudes and perceptions of African Americans um, at that time even just some of the humor the sexual humor and it's one of the things as a kid you never realized or I never realized Police Academy was rated R who knew but there were a lot of these sexual references that I at that point in time I had no idea what was going on or that was even a sexual reference as an adult I'm like oh that's what happened oh I get that so it was interesting so from there I started watching the other movies and series and I didn't finish them all but one of the things I noticed was that Police Academy 1 was an R Police Academy 2 was PG-13 3 PG-13 4 PG 5 PG and I stopped at 5 because 5 rewatching I had to stop because it was just stupid just, just straight stupid also if I was Steve Bloomberg's Mahoney it just didn't feel like Police Academy so I use that as an example of content on Netflix that I want to watch to get me excited and I want to know am I the only one because even today I get on there and I'm like oh this movie's there and this movie's there and oh I haven't seen this in a long time totally bypassing uh, a lot of the uh, new series that are right up my alley that I would love to watch or some of the newer movies they, they've been there just the um, John Henry movie which looks absolutely horribly good bad with Terry Crews and ludicrous like that looks like something that would at least be a decent watch be so good it's bad based on the trailers and, and what I've seen that's something I would enjoy that sort of movie. still haven't watched it haven't committed haven't put my attention to it but something I've seen something that has a place in my overall development of my my love of movies I tend to gravitate toward those oh today Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3 I can do about 3 but 1 and 2 2, 2 I've seen 2 so many times it's ridiculous and I have vivid memories of seeing one as a double feature with my my family, my mom, my dad. I don't think my sister, my sister will only been two at that time. So it was just three of us. My sister may have been two. A double feature of Ghostbusters and Karate Kid. And then Karate Kid Part 2, my cousin who I used to stay with during the summer, she took me and I think her boyfriend at the time went with us. I'm getting off topic. But these are things, movies that I, I remember why I saw them. Like, for instance, I saw Ghostbusters in Karate Kid at the Return to Theater in Baltimore City. I don't think the theater's there anymore. If it is, it's like artsy-fartsy. Uh, those sort of memories. So I tend to gravitate toward those sort of movies on Netflix and just add those new Netflix originals or those series that I have watched or been watching to my list to come back to. So I ask you, do you tend to watch content you've already seen before when you go on Netflix or are you someone who is all about the new movies that have been added whether they are Netflix originals or just things you have not seen before let me know drop us a line info 
at webstylemagazine.com or again hit us up on Instagram, Twitter uh, at WebsterStyle or Sartorial Geek specifically on Instagram. So think about that. We're going to take a break from our sponsor Anchor during that time. Listen, but also get on the computer, get on your phone, drop me a line, let me know what you watch. And I hope you all enjoyed the break. Now that we're back, we're actually going to delve into comic books, not anything in between. No bow ties this week, though. I have talked before about how, obviously, I love comics. And I like reading off-the-wall, out-there comics. And one of the companies I've been supporting over the past almost 10 years is uh, Red Stylo. I first was introduced to them when I had the chance to meet... Uh, the editor Enrique Jang at Wizard World 2012 I think it was and actually was able to do an interview with her on the then next issue which became Pop Culture uh, Uncovered podcast and since then I've been a big supporter of the company I first fell in love with their book Azteca which was very much a bloody avenging angel style stories set amongst Mexican cartel then I became a fan and supported them on their Kickstarter with The Crossing which is a, a modern day ghost story set in Baltimore and I'm really looking forward to the conclusion of that series when issue 4 finally makes the Kickstarter and with that I backed their latest effort Ninja Bear which obviously sounds nothing like the other two comics that I just talked about Ninja Bear is the story of a little bear trained as a ninja on a journey to confront the devious black mage an Avengers mentor on the way Ninja Bear meets weird creatures explores amazing places and occasionally saves the day and occasionally is right I back the 80 page volume one and let me say it is a hoot for all ages ages excuse me uh ninja bear is written and drawn by mark mulaney and as a passion project of his he's been uh creating ninja bear for a lot of years and they collected his strip into him as in Mark and they as in Red Stylo back in 2016 and that's actually where I was first introduced to Ninja Bear the 12 um, page mini comic came as part of one of the rewards for one of the one of the crossing kickstarters that I backed and it is a cute story but one of the things that I have to say about Mark and his art style it's cutesy but he's able to tell a lot of story with his art and emotion. Ninja Bear never speaks. So a lot of Ninja Bear's emotions have to be shown on his face. So he communicates not just to the characters on the page, but he has to communicate to the reader what's going on in his head, in his head through his facial expression. And not every artist can do that well. Mark does an excellent job of utilizing the emotions and his skill really to convey what's going on in Ninja Bear's head at any given time. 
um, without speaking a word. And I say that's a testament to someone who really understands the process of sequential art and storytelling. So I really enjoyed it. But I also say it's a book for all ages. I think that all ages really can get into the story, really uh love the characters younger readers who really enjoy the art style it's cutesy it's fun uh, the characters are not cartoonish they're drawn in a way that they're really appealing eye-popping especially to younger uh, members of your household for older members of the household we can follow along with the story we can understand a lot of symbolism imagery and again Mark is a really good storyteller, both on the um, visual front with the art, but also on the words with the words as well. So I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm sad because it's 80 pages, but reading the book went by so quickly. I really want a volume two. I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. You know, you always want to find these things, especially at the time it's recording during quarantine, social distancing. You want to find things that really are able to lighten your mood, to put a smile on your face. And that is one of the things, or two of the things, that Reading Ninja Bear Volume 1, published by Red Stylo Media, done by Mark Mullaney, that's something that it was able to do. So I highly recommend ninja bear and i'll leave a link in the show notes or just go to redstylomedia.com to find out more information this is not a paid advertisement plug i only talk about things that i love on this podcast things that i think that you will love as well so we're going to take a quick break we're going to get some water and i'll come back and talk about this week's fragrance of the week And we're back on that backspin from the break. I've talked a lot about different fragrances. And personally speaking, I try to utilize and seek out fragrances that aren't exactly mass market. This fragrance of the week is the total opposite of most of the fragrances that I've covered so far during this podcast. And the fragrance of the week I'm going to cover is none other than Savage by Christian Dior. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then I'm pretty sure you've seen the magazine ads with Johnny Depp and that dark bluish navyish bottle or what have you. You can already hear the disdain uh, from my voice <laughs> uh, as I speak about it. Don't get me wrong. It, let me let me back up. Let me get into the notes and then I'll talk about my impressions and opinions of Dior Sauvage or Sauvage by Dior. Top notes are bergamot, middle notes are Suhan pepper, and base note um, Ambroxan. Very simple, straightforward. Ambroxan is a scent molecule. I forget what it's derived from, but it's very aromatic. Uh, this directly leads into its incredible projection and longevity. And I will have to tell you, this is one fragrance that I have been uh, avoiding. Uh, it was very much about a general lack of enthusiasm, simply because it's literally like the number one selling fragrance in the world. If a dude wears a fragrance, you probably got a 50-50 chance, maybe not that high, but you have a good chance that the average gentleman is going to be wearing or purchasing some sort of fragrance will probably pick up 
savat so i'm not hating on it because it is it is a nice scent it is a fresh scent it is a crowd pleasing scent ladies love savage so i've been told and with that it garners all the attention it sells the big bucks it has the multi-million dollar ad campaign with a movie star that everybody recognizes it does what it does very well so i am not going to knock it on that however if you are looking for something that is different if you are not trying to smell like your boss your co-worker your brother-in-law your best friend stay away from savage point blank if you just want to pick up something that's going to be safe that's going to be mass appealing but also something that is going to be pretty much universal for any occasion and for most seasons especially if you're get just getting into fragrances savage is a very safe bet it is a very it's not inexpensive i think a i think a 50 ml bottle is like 100 bucks or something like that i don't know i, I haven't really researched it but it is definitely something that if you pick it up you're going to like it guaranteed and you're going to get compliments and if that's all you're looking for this is a great fragrance but if you're looking for something that is a bit different than the norm if you're looking for something that not everybody else is going to smell like then this is definitely not the fragrance for you and I'm, i am sorry if it came off as if i'm hating i am not it is a great fragrance it is just one that i steer away from simply because of the sort of collection but also the sort of smells that i want to have on my body and i don't want to smell like everybody else and a lot of the a lot of people you meet in the fragrance community have very much the same mindset they don't want to smell like the next man it is one thing if i and some other cats are wings are hard for home but i will tell you this much we will be the only ones regardless of how well house well Zaharf is selling and how just much attention is garnered it is nowhere near the attention of a Dior Sauvage nor the sales of a Dior Sauvage on a worldwide level so one out of a thousand people may be wearing Zaharf signature for home one out of five <laughs> might be wearing uh, uh, Sauvage by Dior just to put that in comparison so again great fragrance lovely fragrance it's a dumb reach you will be satisfied with your purchase you will smell good it will last long and you will get the ladies attention so if that's what you're looking for that's exactly the perfect fragrance for you and with that as you already know and it's now time to end the show so this has been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style where we talk about bow ties comic books and everything in between i again have been your host webster style and you can find us on instagram and twitter at webster style or just on instagram for the podcast specifically at sartorio and geek you can email us your questions comments anything you want to bring to our attention at info at websterstylemagazine.com visit us for our print content we have a whole host of print or i guess digital print uh, post 
going back 11 years uh, at WebsterStyleMagazine.com, WebsterStyle.com, and SartorialAndGeek.com. Again, thank you as always for joining us. And until next time, stay safe and stay blessed. Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.